You with SAFM, I am John Kerricker. Let's talk about a part of history that we forget about people and players who represented or had to play sport in the world and South Africa when they weren't allowed to. And one of those is Susanka Papua Sugolem. And a new book is out by Selvin Naidu. He's the author of Out of the Rough, Celebrating the Life of Papua. Selvin joins us now. Selvin, thanks very much for joining us. First of all, um, who is Susanka Papua Sugolem? Good evening, John, and good evening to your listeners. And by the way, I also like the double HP version. It's <laughs> yeah. got a lot more swagger. It, it seems uh, to have more funk than the original funk version, which is strange. Of course, of course, <laughs> of course. Yeah, but um, Siusanka Papo Siugulam was a caddy um, who was born in 1928. Um, so, you know, he, he was a caddy and somehow came to play the game of golf. Mm. And caddy is at that particular time... Um, by the time he was, you know, 11 years old, he lived in a very impoverished area called Riverside. Um, and that was, you know, virtually a few kilometers away from an all-white uh, golf course called Beechwood. Um, so he picked up the game, you know, learning to become a caddy. Um, they lived very um, in, in deep poverty. And um, so, you know, Cadding, waitering, factory work was the only sort of employment mm. for many youngsters at that particular time. And so he needed to work, and uh, um, cadding was one of those options. And that's how he got introduced to the game of golf. And, and you know, black golfers at that particular time were only allowed onto the golf course on a Monday between 5 and uh, nine o'clock. Sure. So by that uh, time, you know, they had to leave the golf course. And in Durban, at that particular time, there was only one golf course for black golfers um, in the whole of Durban, and that was Curry's Fountain. And Curry's Fountain is the mecca of sports um, in Durban for black sportsmen. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a, it's a place where even today, you know, most of your marches start, and it's, and it's mm -hmm. iconic in that sense. Um, but, you know, it, it really doubled up as a golf course. It was, it was a very rudimentary sort of nine-hole doubled up into an 18-hole course. And that's where most golf, black golfers got to start and learn the game. And he he was introduced uh, to the game by becoming a caddy. And eventually, um, you know, they, they gambled a lot on the Mondays <laughs> because that's how they were able to make more money. Right. And because of his sheer natural talent, Papua... Eventually, by the age of 18, he won the first, uh, his first tournament, um, you know, without much uh, clubs, golf clubs and so on. Mm. And then his talent was discovered, you know, when he had won that. And then more effort and time. And, you know, obviously he was extremely talented. And, and as he carried at Beechwood, uh, eventually his uh, benefactor, Graham Wolf, white gentleman who, by the way, invented oil overlay, um, extremely rich uh, okay. individual. Yeah, and um, he saw Papua's talent. He saw his ability. He saw, saw his potential. So the story out of the rough is also an incredible story of hope for us as South Africans mm. to be able to, you know, put more out and be able to, you know, benefit those youngsters and those people who don't have the opportunities like we, like we had. And so he discovered him and he realized that, you know what, 
this is a gentleman that needs to be taken overseas uh, to be tested in the in the tournaments because he wasn't allowed to play in white Sony mm. tournaments. Yeah, I, I was going to say that it's the saddest thing that he won two Dutch Opens before he could take part in a South African tournament. Absolutely, I mean uh, it's ludicrous that he wasn't given the attention and uh, you know he duly deserved. We all know how difficult it is, you know, to win a, a national. Uh, open and he won the Dutch Open yeah. in 1959 and 1960. You know, he, he won it in 1959 and to prove everyone it wasn't, you know, a flash in the pan, he went on and won it in 1960. And each time he played it, he got better. You know, by the time he won the 1964 Open, um, you know, his score was incredible and, you know, right up to the 1970s, um, that score wasn't beaten. And it's only yeah. people like uh, Severiano Ballesteros, um, and to Bernard Langer, mm-hmm. that had won the Dutch Open, that very same Open, three three times. So it was a huge achievement for Popo. And, and as you said, you know, it was a tragic story of denial um, for him to be denied playing in South Africa, having won national tournament events, um, as with the Dutch Open. And one must also remember that, you know, in 1963, uh, and this is an incredible story, mm-hmm. that in, in 1963, he tied on the first day with arguably the best golfer of all time, Jack Nicklaus, huh. um, uh, on a score of one over 71 um, for that particular Open. Uh, he came 13th in the tournament. And it was only in 1963 that he was allowed to play in the Natal Open mm-hmm. here in South Africa, eventually winning that tournament and being presented his trophy out in the rain. Well, let's, uh, I, I want to talk about that for a moment. Um, because the, the people he's beating, you, you mentioned the, the one, but Gary Player's mm-hmm. name comes up a lot here. Gary Player is this golfing legend in South Africa, right? He's he's famous worldwide. And, um, and Sue Gollum was beating Gary Player. And the sad thing is that because he couldn't play, he's this unknown character. No, absolutely. And, um, you know, I think uh, to a large extent, the South African government wanted to, you know, prevent his um, stature. It yeah. wanted to make sure that, you know, knowledge of him wasn't out there. One must remember that the 1963 Natal Open, um, where he beat, uh, you know, white players at that particular time that were very popular, um, and, and doing extremely well. He beat those players, and SABC was restricted, not restricted, they were prevented from broadcasting. They probably just didn't you want know? <laughs> Absolutely. And you mentioned, you know, Gary Player. In 1965, so in the 1963 Open, he won that tournament, presented his trophy out in the rain, wasn't allowed to, to, to practice at the venue, was, um, uh, wasn't allowed in the, in the uh, clubhouse, had to eat his food and have his tea out in the manager's car, in the car park, change with the black caddies and so on. And then in 1963, the same same rules applied. And the South African government always gave him entry into these white tournaments almost at the last minute. And he was prevented, obviously, on many occasions, also entry into many other tournaments that he applied for. As a black person, you had to apply for those tournaments, mm-hmm. to play in those tournaments. And so in 1965, when Gary Player was at the peak of his powers, absolutely at the peak of his powers, in 1965, Gary Player had won the Grand Slam of golf. Now, to those of you that play golf and those, those are knowledgeable about golf, you know, the Grand Slam is something that's 
you know, the, the ultimate prize in golf. Mm. Winning a major mm. is mm. an ultimate prize in golf. And then in 1965, Papua Sugulam beats Gary Player, you know, <laughs> uh, and and it's an incredible achievement. Yeah. And and the saddest part that follows is that here's a person who's won three international events, that is national, uh, the Dutch Open, European Tour events, oh. 1959, 1960, 1964, wins the 1963 Natal Open, wins the 1965 Natal Open, beating Gary Player, and immediately then, South African government set in motion um, the banning of Papa Sugula. Yeah, because he, he got recognition worldwide. The New York Times... Absolutely. New York Times ran an article about that because who is this black young man who is beating Gary Player? Absolutely. Um, and, you know, the, when, when I had gone to Hamilton Street to go and... Uh, that's in Pretoria to go and look at the archives, mm-hmm. there's a policy document file there that uh, details... Papua's career, Forrestat's, um, you know, uh, Forrestat's on uh, Gary Player uh, uh, being involved with apartheid and supporting yes. the apartheid government that particular time, and also then you know there's complete denial of care of Papua's Siglum post 1965. So he couldn't enter into white uh, tournaments where most of the money was uh, much more lucrative, and you know that destroyed it. Uh, one must remember that he was discovered when he was 31. So what would have really happened if he was discovered much younger? And then, and to the, to the world, he was presented because of Graham Wolf. But, you know, if we really ask ourselves questions, um, what would have happened if he was discovered much, yeah. much younger? And, you know, into his, as he gets into his 40s, um, he couldn't play into international tournaments because he was denied. So, you know, it's really tragic that someone you know, the peak of their powers was denied to play something that he loved. And, you know, he himself said he wasn't political. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what was, what was very interesting at that time of 1963, 1965, well, the 1960s, and so on, the anti-apartheid sports movement was really gathering momentum. So, you know, Papa was apolitical. He, he was someone that said, you know, I just want to play golf. I'm, I'm not interested in, in anything else. I just want to play golf. I want to do something that I love. Selvin, and he was I, I think denied you, that. You, you use very polite language, Selvin Naidu. He was banned from playing golf. Absolutely. He was, he was banned from banned. entering a golf course as a spectator for embarrassing the apartheid government. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and Go ahead. And this is the, this is that tragic story, you know, that um, we as South Africans, um, you know, I keep saying it, 26 years into our democracy, not a lot of people know of the story. Mm. Not a lot of other people know of people like Vincent Shabalala, who I mentioned in the book. Mm. People, he was the last uh, black person to have won an international event. And that speaks volumes for us in the country and where we are today. So this book also, you know, towards the end, towards the last chapter, you know, I bring into that uh, that question, that narrative. You know, why is it that the last black player to win an international European event was Vincent Shabalala winning the French Open in 1976? Why is it that the last black person, and you know, get this, the last black person to have uh, finished a major in 1963 was Papu Siugulam. You know, that's an incredible indictment on where we are in terms of our country's development. So, you know, like Graham Wolf, 
um, you know, I, I talk of the fact that we really need to dig deep in our reserves, mm. dig deep in our pockets and press this reset button when it comes to transformation because golf is an incredibly difficult game. It's a very, very tough game. You've got to put in the yards. You've got to put in the practice. But surely we're doing something wrong in that we don't have youngsters emerging from the townships like Kwama, Shu, Phoenix, Chatsworth, Wentworth, and so on. There's something horribly wrong. I mentioned those towns in KZN because I'm a probably KZN <laughs> so, person. Selvin, um, Suseke played golf backwards. He played with his hands the wrong way around, didn't he? Yes, incredible. Um, you know, he had to put in a lot of effort into his swing. And strangely, a lot of the caddies at that time used the backhanded grip. So instead of the um, uh, right hand in front of the right, le- left right hand. Right on the bottom normally, right? Yeah, okay. yeah, it's the right hand at the bottom. Yeah. So he was his was completely the opposite. <laughs> was the left at the bottom. So, you know, he was powerfully built as well. I mean, he was short. But, you know, that obviously meant he generated more, um, um, you know, recoil, more effort into his swing as yeah. well. And, you know, it worked for him. I mean, you know, golf something that uh, if a swing works for you, you've got to put it in and, and it worked. And um, obviously he was, because of that backhanded grip, um, he was a lot more stronger in his short game. In fact, right. Barry, Gary Play himself said that, you know, within 100 meters, Gary, Papa Siusunk is possibly one of the best short game uh, golf play, you know. So, yeah, all those things really incredible. And uh, that makes the story even more incredible. All right. I want to talk about you for a little bit, Selvin Naidu, author of Out of the Rough. By the way, you're listening to SAFM. Uh, I'm talking to the author of Out of the Rough, Selvin Naidu. How did you find out about Susanka? Look, I'm the curator of the Institute Heritage Center and a board member there. Mm -hmm. Um, So in this, our museum incredibly tells many of these stories that need to be told in the post-democratic South Africa. Um, and this was one of the stories that stuck in my head. Um, you know, Pop was my father, um, was the contemporary and grew up in that era. Mm. And so to, to my father, Pop was a hero. And to his generation, he was a hero. So it was always in my head that, you know, who Pop was. And I never got to really know who he was. Um, you know, just through folklore and through legend. So my dad would, you know, buy buy us uh, sports equipment from flea markets or uh, second-hand equipment because they always thought that their sons could, you know, become uh, this hero um, that, you know, they, that was, they epitomized or they really, really treasured. So, you know, um, I wanted to tell my father's story. I wanted to tell... Um, this whole story, and, and luckily, Rajan Sugulam, the son, um, who's an incredible golfer as well, mm-hmm. they had collected a whole uh, album of all the newspaper clippings, photographs, uh, documents, and I went, as I said, to the archives, going and looking at policy documents. So on the 40th uh, passing of his death in 2018, I said, we need to put together this exhibition. So eventually got to put this exhibition together in Durban Country Club, and then I said at that time, you know, this really ought to become a book. It really ought to become a movie. <laughs> yes. and, 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 yeah, you know, it's something that I truly hope that eventually happens. There's a few movie houses that are sort of keen on getting it off the ground. But it really is a tragic uh, rags to riches to mm. rags story. But, and yeah. we do hope that 
yeah, we get more momentum into making sure this uh, becomes more and more popular in all South Africans' homes. Uh, so this is truly a South African story. I can feel a little knob in my throat just thinking about how that movie ends already. It's yeah, <laughs> terrible. Uh, brilliant. The Papasso Golem Municipal Golf Course out in Reservoir Hills, is that still a thing and is it well looked after? Look, it is It is possibly, you know, the, the, the one of the few municipal, well, it's two municipal courses, Windsor Park and uh, you have the Papa Sigelum course. So, yeah, it, it, is a, it is a course. Um, uh, I won't say it's, you know, on, on par with the majority of uh, private golf courses in South Africa or in uh, KZN. Um, it's a good course. Many, many people go out there and play their golf. It's got excellent greens. But other than that, you know, uh, being a municipal course, it's not the same sort of quality that you would find in the clubs like Durban Country Club Beach with the Cotswold Diamonds on. So a lot more effort, I believe, needs to be put into these municipal courses by governments, by business, by individuals, and so on, because, you know, surely uh, we should really have municipal courses mm. to attract all sorts of people to play golf. I mean, golf's an incredible, expensive game. You're going to be playing, on average, 500 bucks and more. At least, yeah. To be playing in, yeah, playing in places like Cotswold. I mean, over December, um, God forbid that you eventually went to a uh, <laughs> golf course with COVID. But, you know, if you did, um, you know, I mean, last year I remember going out to Cotswold down and we had to fork out something like about 600 bucks just to play and then on top of that, your golf, your golf cart and so mm-hmm. on. Um, I mean, it's an incredibly expensive game. So, you know, we want to bring some equality. We want to bring more uh, golfers to the to the courses. And the only way you'll be able to do that is to make the quality of those municipal courses a lot better. And I'm, I hope in time, you know, this sort of message gets out to, you know, the powers that be, that, you know, we improve uh, municipal courses across the country. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I can't understand why we've got so many golf courses in you know, one one area without one municipal course yeah, being yeah. on the same quality that's, as the rest. That's where I yeah. learned to play golf as well, because you can go in there, it costs you very little, relatively little, and you don't feel bad because you don't have that, you know, the, the club pro staring you down, and, and you don't feel bad if you if you break the... the uh, the fairway a little bit because it's you know, it's not a hundred percent, but that's where you learn to play when you can go out and you spend less than fifty bucks to play around a golf or something. Absolutely. So, you know, we need to have a little bit more effort uh, being put into those courses. But you know, the golf uh, needs to be a lot more cheaper yeah. for people to be attracted to the game as well. So, yeah. where can we find Out of the Rough the book? At the moment, uh, because of COVID, we've had incredible, it was a difficult time to launch a book. But nonetheless, it's available on a website called Made in Chatswood. Mm-hmm. Uh, Made in Chatswood, uh, supporting the local economy and so on. Uh, and it's available. You can order it online through madeinchatswood.co.za. So if you'd like to order it uh, via that method, it's going to be available in uh, bookstores very soon in, in this year. Uh, we're trying to get, get that across as soon as possible. Uh, probably be available in fun skates. Funscape um, and uh, exclusive books and so on. But for now, it's available online through Made in Chatswood. Salvin Naidu, thank you very much for joining us and telling us that story. Thank you so much, John. Pleasure to be on your show. Salvin Naidu, author of Out of the Rough, that website, madeinchatsworth.co.za. We need more of those websites. Hey?